0: Hello and welcome to the Metapod, a podcast about the Pokemon TCG that revolves around the evolving meta. And you know what? The meta is not the only thing that has evolved here in the last couple weeks, Sean, because we have evolved. This is the first episode of the Metapod on YouTube. Sean, how does it feel to be famous now on a YouTube channel that only at this point has 320 subscribers?
1: (laughs) At this point is the key point, though, Jake. I think this this is the moment when you have weekly content that is consistent, and everything takes off. I mean, you know, look look at look at the other podcast that also has a video component to it. Uh, in uh, the chill the chill series pod, the Yellhorn Yellhorn podcast, mm-hmm. they have a video component, and uh, both their channels just absolutely skyrocketed. So, I think that's the goal here.
0: Uh, I know chill. I know Matty just said... 2k and i think zach is like 1.92 or something like that i saw this morning or last night but sean we have a special guest today on the podcast it's your little cat there oh licking licking themselves taking a bath cleaning
1: so this is also something y'all don't see uh when y'all are just listening is how often the cats are usually somewhere in the background of this room because they like coming down to the basement where it's warm and just hanging out. So.
0: If you want to see Sean's cats, you want to see his new skateboard hanging on the wall, and you want to see my monstrosity of a college room, basically, <laughs> go check out my YouTube Atrocious Gameplay. We'll upload. I'm not 100% sure if we'll do Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Might do Wednesday. We're recording this in the morning of... Monday because I've got night class tonight for grad school. So it's a little bit different. I'm not 100% sure what we want it to be, but it'll go up every week shortly after the uh, the podcast airs, whether that's on Apple, Spotify, Google thing, Google, Cast, wh- whatever you like listening know. on.
1: Yeah, it's it should be on basically every podcasting platform, but now it's also on YouTube. So uh, I will link... Uh, I think your channel's always been linked in the, the... the. I think I think so. But if you are a, a video podcast lover, then that will be the place to go. Jake's YouTube channel in particular.
0: It'll be a way to support the podcast. But you know what else is a great way to support the podcast, Sean? Five star reviews. Or actually, you know, just reviews in general. Because if you do not know, Sean, constructive criticism is a thing. It is a thing with reviews that are not five star, you know, let us know how we can improve. We always like trying to improve the podcast, you know, bringing video series out to y'all. <laughs> we, we gave a challenge, you know, X amount of reviews and we'll provide video episodes. And look at that. We, we provided video episodes now cause we hit that goal. But Sean, we can improve if you don't give improve or like suggestions. We have officially received our first one-star review. <laughs> oh, we are no. officially a real podcast now, Sean. Yeah, We've made it into the clear. We got haters
1: now, so we, we've done it. Looks like we made it. Yeah.
0: Shout out to um, the one-star review that didn't actually leave any review. You provide no cr- constructive criticism <laughs> to society, and therefore should have kept your mouth shut. I'm just so, kidding. You know I'm what? not actually that mad. I actually like no. that we broke the barrier of not a five-star review.
1: But you know what I will say? You know what I will say, Jake? If you are a real listener who left the one-star review and didn't say anything, we're calling you out. Tweet at us. Why do you hate us? Yeah. (laughs) Like, you
0: hate the podcast for some odd reason.
1: One star is, like, like going out of your way to say this is particularly bad, so.
0: If you're going to at least (laughs) blemish our perfect record, at least let us know why. (laughs) At least let us know why. But Sean, we got a lot to talk about today. We didn't even get to talk about half of the Pokemon meta last week because we were so busy with our excellent collab series with the Floaty cast. But Battle Styles has officially come out standard. I would say uh, there was a lot of good reception with the standard format, and we'll get to that. But first, I kind of want to talk about Expanded because we didn't get to talk about it last week. And even though we haven't really had any events with battle styles legal in Expanded, Lusamine and Wally have been unbanned. And let me tell you, it did shake up Expanded. But Sean, what do you want to talk about first? We
1: didn't read the review. We didn't read the five-star review. That's true. (laughs) So
0: uh, hanging you on the edge of your seat if you want to listen to Expanded, Sean is going to read. I got so fired up about that one-star review, even though I promise that I'm not mad. Drinking out of my cup of sunshine trying to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Sean, anyway. let's read this wonderful review.
1: Uh, the review is from Cinder Pico. It was on March first, so uh, thank you, Cinder Pico, for leaving this five-star review. Uh, the title is just great! Exclamation point! And then the review is: My brother and I, while we don't play competitively, love the game, and it's to keep updated on all the latest news. I wish you guys uploaded more often. Oh my, once a week. Uh, well, let me. <laughs>
0: I, I wonderfully appreciate the review, but let me tell you about um Pokemon TCG News. Um, <laughs> the there was like almost nothing this week in terms of news, announcements, things like that. So like if, if Sean and I wanted to to upload and do the podcast more often, which I I mean, I would love to do a podcast like every three days or whatever there's just not enough topics in the pokemon trading card game world um
1: they would be like 15 minute podcasts at a certain
0: point. yeah we would we definitely wouldn't do an hour or anything like that we'd do like a half hour 15 minutes you know and the the whole the whole episode would just be sean and i catching up (laughs) talking to each other and reading our five-star reviews it would become a five-star review review podcast that's really what it would become
1: that you know the new there, meta, Sean. Are there five star? Are there podcasts whose sole existence is to read the five star reviews of their podcast? Now that you, that's a very you know meta.
0: what million dollar idea.
1: Million, yeah. Million
0: dollar idea coming right here. Anybody that wants to start this, feel free to take this and don't give me any royalties. A a podcast that sole topics are based on the five star reviews presented. So you leave a five star review, you put in a topic. <laughs> and that entire episode you talk about what that is so let's say let's say uh five star review came in Sean and I are going to read it the episode is based solely off of trick's cereal Sean and I have <laughs> to discuss trick cereal for the entire episode you know, that's a that is an award winning podcast Sean I'm telling you we should switch it up
1: I you know I actually will think I think that if we want if people want us to talk about a topic and we can't tell you when this will be, because we read the reviews in order that we get them. But if you really want us to talk about a topic, write a five-star review about that topic. And, w- and we will discuss it as part of reading the five-star review. Just try not to make it a two time sensitive because yeah. Don't may- be
0: like, Hey, how was the, how was the uh, Sunday open the first Sunday open battle styles tournament? Because we got a lot of five-star reviews before the, Number 35, five star review, I think. Yeah. So it, it, it would be a while. It would be a while. It'll so a try to make me like, Jake, how do you feel about feel? Dang, I love feel dude. <laughs> so
1: round. So, so, so round. So squishy, much squish.
0: <laughs> I know. But Sean, let's get into what everybody is wanting to hear. Well, maybe not everybody wants to hear about expanded, but I think it's an important topic to discuss on because it is a valid format in Pokemon competitively, even not during the pandemic though, but we had the first tournaments of expanded with Lusamine and Wally unbanned. So Lusamine and Wally, for those of you that don't know a couple weeks ago, got unbanned by the Pokemon company Banned cards, very, very uh, powerful cards, not only when they were around in standard, but also in um, expanded and Wally, for those of you that do not know, allows you on your first turn to evolve a Pokemon. So let's mm-hmm. say I'm going second. I put down a Phantom. If I Wally and I've got a Trevenant in my, I think it's in your, no, is it from the deck or in your hand? I actually I don't can't remember.
1: remember. Um, I can look it up real quick.
0: But either way, it allows me to evolve that same turn that I put down Phantom into Trevenant. So Especially when the the example that I use for Trevenant is it's, XY Trevenant was item lock. Was it in the hand or it's in the, in deck. the deck? It's
1: it's even in more the broken. It's so in the deck. So that makes it even
0: more broken is you can just grab it from in the deck. But anyways, I could get a turn one item lock trevenant, especially when the turn one supporter rule was around. And even, you know, going second, because that first turn supporter rule is not a thing anymore, even going second, item lock could still be like a valid strategy especially in that. So thank you, Sean, for pulling up the card. This is another thing on YouTube. We can actually pull up and show you guys certain pages. So That's right, Wally from Roaring Skies. And Sean, do you want to bring up Lucamine?
1: Yes. I, I know will, what uh... Lucamine
0: does. Lusamine allows you to grab a combination of either supporters or stadiums from the discard pile into your hands. So especially with things like Lieutenant Surge back when it was in standard, um, that card from Crimson Invasion could allow you to get like a Lusamine loop. I actually used it in Control when I played Pidgeotto or uh, Ranguru Control back in Team Up to Cosmic Eclipse.
1: Yes, it was um, a good card for that.
0: Yeah, Lusamine. I don't think Lusamine was originally played by Jesper Erickson in the Bochum Regionals. Um, I can't, I, I, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure Lusamine was a card that I inserted in because I was like, I really like Lusamine and and you know what, I, I did the best that I've ever done in a Pokemon tournament, so <laughs> that card will be in my heart. But Sean, one of those two cards did really well in the first ever uh, unbanned tournament for those two. Sean, do you want to take a gander at which card it is that I'm referring to?
1: I mean, it's probably the card that I said, I don't know how much this can do and expanded. Uh, remember, remember when they unbanned it, and I think we talked about this. I was like, I don't know, putting a supporter or a stadium back into your hand. I don't. I feel like it's Lusamine. I feel like Lusamine was the card that is causing all the problems.
0: For those of you that remember the standings of the Limitless Major, Potown Expanded Championships, this is Major number two, by the way. Or for those of you on YouTube that are looking at the results right now, holy stall, Sean. Four of the top eight spots were owned by various stall decks, whether that was Pyroar stall, Snorlax stall. Unfortunately, in the top eight, as you can see when you move into the top cut, all all four of the decks matched up against each other. It was the Snorlax stalls matched up against each other. Only one could remain. And then the Pyroar stalls. And then they were on the same bracket as well. So... <laughs>
1: but that's just how it is. That's just how it is with seedings. If you like control install expanded is your, is your playground right now, apparently. So
0: it was, it was super dominant. I mean, again, this was a very raw meta, you know, first tournament of this archetype coming in with these new valuable cards into it. So obviously people don't exactly know what to expect. People are messing around with it. There's a lot of different ideas that you could work with, but, Snorlax stall and Pyroar stall, kind of the two control stall type decks. They own two of the top three win percentages as well. John, in terms of the meta game, not only did they have a combined 32 control stall decks, I believe is what I saw, not counting things like Vile Vileplume or Trevenant, Dusknor, not, not considering those two things, but, I say the top two of three because there was only one amazing rare ho oh deck that happened to go sixty percent win percentage. I didn't count that. I considered it like at least a win share or at least a share of at you have least one percent, n-
1: right? Like you have sixty games, like ninety two or whatever games here. and yeah, lots of people playing the decks. You, yeah, you need a larger sample size to. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so at least more than one person playing the deck, um, Snorlax, Stall, and Pyrostar took up two of the three spots. Snorlax, Stall, having a 59% win percentage, and then Wall Stall, which is more like uh, Pyroar, things like that, doing 58% of the meta. So very, very good. I know a lot of people were tweeting about how, you know, Stall was not only doing really, really well, but... They didn't expect stall to do as well as it did, and there was even Cincino control again, as I as I mentioned, that is also part of the 32 decks. That's its own archetype, essentially. Um, when we talk about like meta or win percentage and things like that, that's part of the 32 number, um, of the amount of stall control decks, but not a part of the two of the three top win percentage. But those stall decks, Sean's. Big decks on Lusamine. Lusamine was a huge factor in those decks. And do we want Grant talk- Manley was the one who won the event. Grant Manley, we know in Standard, has won with, uh, or not won, but has done really well in decks of recent past, like uh, yeah. Obstagoon, another kind of Wally deck. You know, I think that was Players Cup one that him and Chip did really, really well. Or was it? No, no, no. That was limitless mage. That was like the limitless online qualifiers, right? I, the like OG4.
1: I'm not really sure, honestly. Like I can't remember like, what exact tournaments people did well with what decks in, but I think Grant in general. I made a
0: video about it. I made a video on YouTube. Go, come yeah. watch the YouTube. You can watch past format videos.
1: <laughs> I do think though that Grant in general has a tendency to play um stall control style decks. I think um in some ways he's like I'm making generals. He's kind of like an American uh, version of Sander in that respect. Like that's just, that's his stick. Right. And like back when we had IRL events, he, I think got, I don't know if he won a regional or if he got second at two different regionals with controlled X. Like he came. So I know he,
0: I know like before the pandemic, he was like the only player. I think it was like the only player in the 2020 season to like top
1: Two regions, or like top
0: or cut at least. Like he like top cutted the most events out of anybody, and he I think he even had a streak of like consecutive like regionals or ICs or whatever or major tournaments that um, he he top cutted. And I apologize for not knowing that information. I mean, fully, but
1: it's it's been a year plus now. So,
0: yeah, But all things considered, he's a phenomenal player. And so, I mean, it takes a lot to pilot control. We look at this Snorlax list that he played the Snorlax doll with that plasma Snorlax. Very good with the Robo subs, the Lilid dolls playing. uh, Did he play Lusamine?
1: Yeah, I believe he plays Lusamine here. Uh, he, uh, he's got Rangers. yeah two Lusamines yeah, in there, along with the Stevens Resolve
0: and things like that. The captivating polka Puff and Target Whistle in there. But anyway, Sean, so insane list.
1: So for people who like me are not a, a you know Expanded Genius, let's talk about like what this Snorlax does. And, like, how this stall really works. Because I think different stalls work in different ways. Some, um, it's all about, like, depleting all of your energy. Like, I know the bird control, that's what its shtick its was, right? Like, you know, crushing hammer, you recycle those, and then you Articuno, and then you basically leave them with no energy. But this one seems to be a little different. Um, so, you know, I'm going to read this for the first time. I'm not really familiar with this Snorlax, but its ability is, as long as this Pokemon is your active... Your opponent's active Pokemon can't retreat, um, and that feels like you know. If I'm looking at the list now, like, what are the combinations here that make it particularly disgusting, Jake?
0: There's a lot of different things. I mean, you talk about gusting formats, you talk about Guzma, you talk about Counter Catcher. You know, you're as a control deck, you're almost always going to be down on prizes every single turn. So Counter Catcher becomes a really good card. Because it's basically like a free Gust. You know, you don't always have to have Guzma. You can use Gladion. But the idea of the decks are to trap. That's a lot of the control decks idea is to force you to be trapped and not be able to go anywhere. Um, And so basically, you're just spending time. You're spending time every turn. Just draw passing, right? You know, whether that's you run out of energies, you run out of different um, cards to allow you to escape, whether that's switches, escape ropes. Things like that. So that's the kind of concept. You know, you've got things to be able to bring it up. I mentioned the Countercatcher. I talked about the Target Whistle. Can you bring up the Captivating Pokepuff real quick? Yeah. I haven't really played Expanded Control because I don't. Th- a lot of these oh, control decks also this is, require tropical beaches. This but yeah, is filthy. It's, this is Captivating like, Pokepuff is basically like a Maw Wild. Yes,
1: yes. That's what I was going to say. This is like a worse than Maw Wild because it doesn't require you to play a Pokemon and you can play any number of basic that you find there onto the bench as opposed to just one.
0: Yeah, so captivating pokepuff Puff, really really powerful. Um especially if your opponent is playing, you know, like uh, any sort of like GX deck, you know, like like Pikaram, Turbo Dark, any of these decks that just play a high amount of basics. ADP, ADP is another really good example, you know, not really any evolutions and every deck has to play a basic pokemon right because you need a basic <laughs> yeah. pokemon to start the game so
1: and this is good because like you know you could you could just argue well my strategy then against this control deck is just to not put any other pokemon on the bench you can't you can't trap something if it's my only pokemon um but like it's really hard to pull that off because like how do you constantly get rid of basics in your hand when your opponent could just play this captivating Puff?
0: and you look at i mean what the deck can do. You know, we have things like versus seeker. We have loose. there's a really good opportunity, Sean, to constantly have Gus. You know, you talk about almost infinite Guzmas. You talk about the three counter catchers. You're, I mean, you got to win fast with this deck and with four polka dolls and three robo subs as well. There's a lot of ways for your opponent to not be able to, hit anything for prizes. You know, you've got Pokey Ranger in that deck um, to be able to find. You have things like Full Metal Wall. Full Metal Wall is really, really good from what I've been hearing. People love Lucario Melmetal in all these control decks. I've heard with Battle Styles, Togekiss is becoming a little bit of popular, so I'm excited to see how it plays out. Togekiss already has been getting a little bit of popularity and expanded, way better and expanded than Standard. But you've got the giraffe Rig from uh, Lost Thunder to be able to put things constantly from the discard pile into the Lost Zone. So let's say to get rid of a lot of those um, uh, switching effects, maybe, you know, your opponent plays Guzma. That is a switching effect that they can use. And so you want to get rid of that Guzma. So then they can't ever reverse a secret. Well, I mean, um, also, so-
1: I feel like this in the mirror is really good. Right? Oh like- yeah, no.
0: Giraffe in the mirror is really, really good. In the in the stall mirror, from what I remember in the control, um, you basically want to play as little cards as possible. Because in the mirror, if you play cards, um, you know, and they go in your discard pile and they stay in your discard pile, they're getting in the loss zone, and that's basically how you get like milled out. You know, you you uh, I would assume because of something like Team Rocket's handiwork in um in expanded your team rockets, handiwork, a mill, some cards from your opponent's deck, and then you get lost. All those things, captivating poke puff. I assume is also pretty good in uh in, the, in mirror. the mirror match because you can put down the things like Lucario, Melmetal that can't move the Zashi that can't move. Um, you probably don't want to put down the Benelby because the Benelby can use burrow. You don't want that to be a possibility. I feel like,
1: uh, I don't know, because, like, Burrow, discarding the top card of your opponent's deck is pretty... Like, that that speeds up the um, milling, if you will.
0: But also, that Benelby has the... I think it's called a Pokey Power? Pokey... Oh.
1: It's, it's like an Garage. ability, almost. Yeah. But it
0: allows the Pokemon to, uh, to attack twice in a single turn. So you could use Burrow twice. You could use Rotillery twice. You know, bringing a card from your discard pile back into your deck maybe they haven't gotten giraffe yet, and there's a certain piece that they milled or you had to discard earlier that you really really need for that mirror match you know you can throw that back in the deck you know you've got double colorless in this deck you've got capture energy i think it was along with a uh fire
1: energy or two
0: yeah fire energy or two
1: and then one double colorless just one for um i i guess i don't know snorlax benelby If there's like, there's a lot of different options
0: that you could be able to. You could also use it really well to retreat something like Zacian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, anyways, absolutely shook it up. We did see in the Limitless Major, um, Pikaram was the top archetype in terms of like itself as a deck, not combining different things in specific categories in the metagame. Picarom having a 13 and a third percent share 44 decks of it didn't do as well i mean didn't do so hot the top deck as you can see on the youtube screen 10 and 4 so not not in the top eight not super well but a couple in the top 20 Pika still a good deck as we as we see so um but not doing as well as we thought maybe a lot of the Pika roms weren't prepared that's what i assume a lot of the decks you know, whether that's Garatina Garchomp, you know, the 35 of those or anything. A lot of those decks probably just didn't expect to see so much stall, so much control dominate the meta. So and Garatina Garchomp also being a really strong deck, as we know from Hunter Butler winning, I can't remember what regional it was, but Hunter, Bunner, Hunter Butler winning the regional with the Tina Chomp, still going on, you know, with that ability to use Roxy, is so good in this deck because your ability to just put damage counters anywhere and then basically turn two, guarantee, uh, or actually even turn one. You turn one, guarantee to hit, like, what is it, two? what How much damage does guaranteeing a Garchomp do? Is it two, the base is... Uh, uh, the base is
1: 160 plus 80, so 240.
0: So 240 without anything like a choice band or um, mm-hmm. a... Or the the scarf that allows you 40 HP or 40 damage plus 10 HP or something like that. It's that combination. And Anyways, there's have- a lot of damage modifiers that you can do in expanded and uh 240 base on turn one, you know, double dragon energy, pop the cocoa to get that third energy. Really, really good for Calamitous Slash. Or GG. Well, no, you can't GGN, but
1: uh no, no, you couldn't GG end. I mean, if you have a way to destroy a Pokemon, turn one. Double
0: drag double double dragon energy. If you can get up to that point, you'd be able to GGN. But you could definitely turn one Calamitous Slash because wow, that's a strong, that's a strong thing. <laughs> but but yeah. No, there were so one deck that I really thought would play. Um, Wally, at least, is Egro Sean, because okay. you know, with Egro you have a lot of different um options. You know, you obviously use the rallied Executor to get like either a turn one plume from uh Ancient Origins, the item locking one, or you can get the turn one Rillaboom that we saw in Sword and Shield Base to accelerate those energies. So, I really thought that people would play Wally. In this because it allows you to it allows you to get so like let's say turn one I get a uh executor, I get an oddish, and then I also can put a Grookey down. You know, that that turn I can Wally because I'm going to go second because I want to use Egro's attack. I can turn one go second, get the thwacky, the thwack, get the thwacky through wally. And then I can use Egro's attack to get my turn one Vileplume to item lock. And then I can use something like a turf field or whatever to get my Rillaboom. And boom, my next turn, I automatically have Rillaboom without the use of a Rare Candy uh, or with doing a second Eggro attack to be able to build that up. Do you know a, what I mean,
1: Sean? Yeah I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You basically, like you can guarantee by your turn two to have two stage twos without having to use Rare Candy or or you know, having
0: to use Eggro's attack twice exactly uh, so, super
1: growth because like really the rillaboom if you have to super growth into a rillaboom you don't actually get to use the Rillaboom boom that turn and it could die but if you yeah. you know super growth into the vile Boom, which is what you really want to do turn one and you can get into a thwacky on turn one going second yeah you're absolutely then you throw down the rillaboom and you're ready to rock and roll
0: it's a little bit a lot to ask for because you're asking a deck that doesn't play a lot of items, right? Because you're probably putting out Vileplume nine times out of 10. Mm -hmm. Um, The item locking one, you're probably not playing a lot of ways to be able to search Pokemon. So you're going to have to like naturally draw into it. Um, So you're probably prioritizing a little bit. um, uh, Bridget, Bridget allowing you to put three basic Pokemon down, whether they're non-GX Pokemon, or I'm sorry, non-EX Pokemon. So you can put a combination of you know, GX and whatnot. And you've got Tapu Lele to be able to find a supporter turn one. So mm. it's a lot to ask for, I will say, to be able to provide that strategy that I did. And maybe what people found out, I, I assume that's an idea that people tested because it sounds like a really good strategy. Yeah. Um, I assume people tested that idea, but maybe they found more often than not that you can't get that combination off enough to really make it be worth it. So just naturally trying to evolve the uh the Rillaboom Sean.
1: Yeah, I guess they is, figure once you're item locked, it slows the game down long enough that getting the Rillaboom out boom out for one extra turn, like taking an extra turn, doesn't matter. That may simply I be will a- say yeah.
0: I will say that Eggro has a really it's it's one of the best decks I feel like against control in terms of a major archetype, and I think that's why Eggro did so well because you've got the item lock, you know, you can't play Robo subs. Can't play the Captivating pokebuff. Sorry. Sorry, um, you're not going to knock out my Vileplume. You're, I mean, you could trap it, but you're not going to knock it out. And then you also have the Rillaboom, so you can constantly accelerate energy, Sean. So whether you use the Team Flare Grunt, that's okay. I've got something like a Brox Grit to be able to put my energies back. Um, things like that. i got different switching effects like Malolana, Guzma, and I've got something like uh, Life Forest, Uh, Well, Life Force actually wouldn't help me at all, but Faba, three Faba's in the list. And then Cynthia and Caitlin, you know, Cynthia and Caitlin allowing you to get back the Malamata, to get back the Guzma and all that stuff in case, you know, they're leading off Giraffric and they're not using the Snorlax because the Snorlax would be, you know, a pretty good way to prevent the switching in terms of just use, like making them use more energies. But Cynthia and Caitlin allowing you to get a supporter back, whether you want to use the secondary effect of discarding draw three or just regularly getting back a supporter, you know, I not think, drawing three cards. Maybe you don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, I think that's another good point, right? Because like it has the secondary of draw three, but it's it's optional. So like, yeah, if you have Guzmas that are down, you have three of these in the deck that you can use throughout the game and you just play it, don't even get the extra draw three because you don't want to mill yourself and then you no, know, give me a Guzma. Okay, cool.
0: I will say... Um, there was another limitless tournament, Sean, the limitless weekly number 23. Um, this didn't include battle styles, but it did evolve the meta a little bit more. Eggro ended up winning and taking the top two of three spots. So very interesting. Again, I will say I'm looking at kind of the, uh, the matchups, especially for the winner, Carlo Conti EX went 10 and one in the event didn't face a lot of control y stall decks. So the metagame did provide a lot of uh stall though, 23 stall decks, not including like an egg row plume. So, um, 23, the wall stall ended up taking about 8% of the meta and then Snorlax stall taking another seven and a quarter almost. So, Pretty great, but the Eggros that did do well, they took up about 80 or 68% of the win share. Again, as I mentioned, two of the top three um, finishes in the final standing. So Eggro looks to be pretty good, especially if you have a lot of um, stall. That's two events in a row that Eggro has actually done decently well um, with a small number of players playing in it. Um Eggro kind of, it could have gone farther, but it did meet up in the top four. So only one of them had to go. Matching up with Eternatus in the finals, or in the finals. I feel like Eternatus isn't a terrible matchup, to be honest, because you have that GX move. Mm -hmm. um, And especially preventing them from playing items. You know, item lock is just strong, in my opinion. There's a lot of, like, legacy formats, and I think people probably, like, at the... In the late summer, early fall of last year, we're playing around with the idea of banning Vileplume from Ancient Origins in their like custom expanded formats. So, just the ability to like evolve into that stage two right away um, and prevent items so quickly is just super strong. I feel like expanded is very item heavy. Now, so, be
1: punished. Now, Jake, if you were to ban an item lock knowing that Lusamine is unbanned, do you feel like it would all? It would just become the the stall, the wall stall. It meta? really would, because <laughs> I cause feel like, like because That's...
0: then like one of the best matchups against stall, you wouldn't be able to like stop its like main tactic of like playing those items, pre- preventing you from taking prizes, you know, allowing you to use like versus seekers as well if you wanted to use versus seekers in your control deck to get those Lucid means back and things like that. So, I feel like. I feel like if you tried to do it now, it definitely wouldn't work as well. I mean, I think Control is already in a good position now because of lucamine being unbanded. But again, like I mentioned at the beginning of this kind of section talking about Expanded and how the format is right now, it's still early, Sean. Yeah. There's still... Expanded events don't happen nearly as much as Standard because not as many people play them. But it's still relatively early and it could shake up a little bit with Battle Styles because, Sean... We got some new cards introduced in Battle Styles that uh that have been really really cool. I would say. Would you Would you agree?
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems like people are really digging Battle Styles. I think I've seen so many people tweeting about like how I haven't had a chance to really jump in myself and play um since it released officially, but people like talking about how Rapid Strike and and so many of these new decks. It's it's the most fun they've had playing the game in a very For long a while. Time. Yes. Um, And I think that's partially because it seems like battle styles, there are a few decks that are just actually like legitimately good. Some of which we expected, right? Like the actual like Urshifu decks has some viability, but I think others of which there was maybe some surprise in how good they were going to be. So Jake, do you want to, I'll jump us back into the screen here for uh, the Sunday open, which was the first and, largest battle styles legal event that we saw uh, so
0: again this is a very raw format you know standard will evolve much faster and much more quickly we can even probably talk about standard and how it's evolved next week um but this being the first major event and a pretty big one too i think there was like how many people were in it sean can you uh, check that real quick i think it was see. like 200 200. I want to say, uh, well, yeah, actually, 200- show all players. Oh, more than two hundred and four, 304,
1: 304 players.
0: 304 players. Now, it was a $500 Alice collectible event, so naturally, with those cash prizes, you, there is way more participants. But still, first event of Battle Styles, it was the one-year anniversary, I believe, as well, of the Sunday Open. So first, I just want to say shout-outs to all of the people that have been able to make the Sunday Open legal. Um, a huge part in starting the online meta that is right now. So big shout outs to all you lovely people. I know some of the people like Neil Pie listen to the show. Um, They've tweeted at us multiple times and I I love seeing it. I love it when y'all tweet at us. But um, anyways, this was a really, really cool event. In my opinion, I did not personally get to play one because I don't have like any battle styles cards. Um, But two, I also had to work on Saturday. So I I was watching it while also working from home. Um, but anyways, this was a really, really interesting thing. ADPZ, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see, was still the top deck. Um, and I just want to hint right now, I'm not going to delve in too much to ADPZ, but I still think ADPZ is one of the best decks right now. I still think it's a very, very strong deck. I don't think anything really changed out of it, right? We didn't like get a fairy deck that was able to one-shot you know, an ADP right away.
1: No, I mean, look, Zossian ADP, you get your rusted swords, and then it's up to them to decide like, how much higher do they want to raise their damage output, or do they even care?
0: But I actually, here's something that I feel like I feel like rusted sword is not as impactful as we originally thought. I think, like, yes, be- rusted sword yeah. gives you the option to be able to reach that higher damage output. But if you think about it, they really just want to gust up your bench sitters. Yeah. Right, your Dedenes and your Crobats, and you still got things like Maulwile. So I feel like Crushing Hammer is more relevant in Zashian ADP than like a Rusted Sword, in my opinion, because you still have these single-prize attachments, you know, with Eternatus and things like that. So, like, it's still... And even in like a mirror match, you know, getting rid of that water energy um, or... Whatever, you know, all these Urshifu decks, you know, you get rid of that special energy, you get rid of the, the one fighting energy that they want. Um, so it could do really, really well. Um, and I think I think it's still like a really good deck. You don't need to hit those high damage outputs because one, your your game plan is to boss boss game right after you alter creation gx. So ADPZ, still a good deck, maybe not BDIF, but Still relevant enough that I feel like it's very, very good. And uh, please ban ADP. (laughs) Get it out of here. But we only have a couple more months of it, Sean.
1: I know. We'll be mercifully rid of it soon with rotation.
0: There was a a review that was like, even though Jake constantly brags on ADP, I still think this is a great podcast. And you know what? You're not wrong, I will say. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but I, I read all the reviews when they come in. And that one made me laugh. That one made me laugh.
1: I will, I will say, though, it seems like... So we did our collab cast last week, right? And we mm-hmm. had, we had uh, you know, the crew on. In our episode, we talked about how good Rapid Strike was. Their episode, we talked about how good Single Strike was. And I think between the recordings of those two, I at least changed my opinion. I thought, oh, I think actually Single Strike is better. But this would suggest that, no, no, Rapid Strike actually might be. We were correct the first time around in that Rapid Strike Urshifu is actually the better new Urshifu deck in this format. So, Jake, do you want to talk I about
0: stayed, this? I stayed on the train, the hype train of Rapid Strike Urshifu. Can you go back one, Sean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, back. back to the full standing. So Urshifu Rapid Strike had 25 decks in it, 25 decks people entered a 52 and a half percent win share going 90, 81, and zero. And then single strike. Um, I do agree originally that rapid strike was better. It doesn't surprise me that more people played rapid strike than single strike, but still 12 people played single strike. I know Azul was playing with it on stream, and people were kind of struggling to, you know, um create a consistent idea of of single strike Urshifu. So only nine or 3.9 percent of the share 3139 overall so not doing incredibly hot I believe if you click on single striker Shifu I believe shredimer um or no maybe no he played he played rapid strike I my apologies um he did real well with one of the rapid strike decks but would you want rapid be- strike there was a 10 and three so it did do very well if we want to look at that list real quick because we'll spend a little less time. Um on this one, but a 4-4 line of Hound Doom and uh Hound Hour, and then a 4-3 line of the Urshifu single strike. Again, like we talked about that Jirachi getting rid of that psychic weakness. You know, there's a lot of Mewtwo running around, whether that is um the pikara Mewtwo, a just a welder Mewtwo, or we'll get into later Victini. B Max Mewtwo allows you to do a lot of things, you get a lot of draw with the Tower of Darkness, allowing you to discard a single strike card, draw two cards, I believe it is. Um, Comboing that with the Urine of Vitality, you can discard a single strike energy, Urine of Vitality it away, and then Houndoom that energy back on to like an Urshifu Max. the scroll being very, very good, and then having just the other good cards. You know, Mew, I think, is coming back into the format with Rapid Strike Urshifu, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, Playing a lot of boss, having some switch effects and just bopping things for an absurd amount of damage. Also playing the stone energy as well. I kind of want to note that real quick. Also playing a couple stone energies to be able to prevent damage as well. Because with the hound doom, you're putting energies on yourself. The stone energy allows you to prevent, kind of almost like negate the energy, negate the damage counters that you're putting onto your Urshifu, Sean. Sean, looking at this list that went 10 and three, how do you like this list? It's extremely linear.
1: Um, now, look, the person went 10 and three with it. So I can't uh, I want to actually look at a, another list, uh, the, the second best list uh, from Fuji system and just compare it and just say, like, OK, where where did they deviate? Right.
0: It's basically, it Sean, looks the, looks same like the same list. Way. But instead of stone energies, they provided capture energies. Which I don't think it made that much of a difference. I would I actually imagine. look at that 10 and 3's matchup spread yeah, um, and see what kind of matchup did they match up with a lot of Eternatus? Did they match up with a lot of Pikaram?
1: But we got looking at ADP, it here, Inteleon. Okay. I mean, this is interesting. not a lot. We're looking at this,
0: not a lot of. Um, not a lot, but I will say something to note: the top two, so Face Shredimer and Willie, both two opponents that did really, really well in the tournament. Both playing Rapid Striker Shifu, this single strike deck, two would Rapid Strike. I kind of want to note that, so that might be something to look into in the future. Those two decks doing really, really well, but Caleb Gettimer starting off eight and one but then uh, kind of losing the last couple rounds with the Urshifu uh, Rapid Strike. Urshifu Rapid Strike did really, really well, I feel like, after phase one, Sean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did really, really well after phase one.
1: It, it, and, then phase one and then kind of just fell off.
0: fell off the map, I feel like, in phase two, in its matchups.
1: Yeah, let's go to, I'll go to pairings. No, 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 that's not what I want. Let's go to standings, phase two. Because like you said, phase one, You had a rapid strike Urshifu at ninth. You had it at 11th. um, You had had one at 21st 21st. as well. Exactly. So like phase one, you see a lot of the rapid strike in that top 32. And in terms of single strike, I think it was only like one or something like that. One single strike in that top.
0: Yeah, there was only that one. one at 34th, the one that we were referencing earlier. So it was almost like flip flopped when you went from phase one to phase two you know phase one rapid strike did really really well phase two it was single strikes turn to do really really well and it 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 did really well in that aspect and they they kind of flipped not saying that you know single strike did didn't do well the first phase because they ended up making it to phase two you know that six and two record but in comparison you know they kind of they kind of flipped can we look at the matchups honestly of the single strike of the single um, strike deck the matchups especially when we talk about phase two for Um, that first uh for that top deck sean players because i kind of want to look and see what its matchups were so it so had those two had those two um uh rapid strike decks did well against what i assume is like a tempo zard so i'm wondering in that game if they just like bricked i wonder if that game their only loss ended up being the uh, Lightning Mew 3, which I assume that Jack Moore, who was playing that deck, um, ended up doing a sort of method where they got rid of the Jirachi or, you know, the single strike deck was not was not able to get Jirachi in, out soon enough. Yeah. And they used the Mew 2 pri- primarily to just get rid of the, uh, the Urshifu and hitting it for weakness. Not 100% sure, but that's how I assumed that matchup would go. But... Hitting an Eternatus, good matchup, in my opinion. You know, one shot Eternatus, <laughs> yeah, B Max. And then the uh the the single strike, you know, I, let let's look at the deck list of the single strike deck again. I don't think it played Cheryl. Um I,
1: nope, no, no it Cheryl's. didn't
0: play Cheryl in it. So, you know, trying to hit as fast as possible, trying to whack the single strike deck as fast as you can, and then You know, trying to just essentially go faster than the Rapid Strike deck. The Rapid Strike deck not hitting as hard, just kind of putting damage on it a little bit every time. But, you know, getting a a good chunk of setup damage with the Single Strike. But the Rapid Strike, Sean, let's look at the Rapid Strike. We found through, I believe it was, I'm not 100% sure on the interaction, I should have. Of this and looked it up, but I believe the empoleon with rapid strike energy is bugged. Um, oh. for some people, it's okay. not a hundred percent method, but it is bugged for some people. I believe when you have polion in play, when you have the empoleon V, the rapid strike energy only gives one energy to the rapid strike oh, Pokemon it is attached to. That's annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's not a hundred percent sure for method because I believe. When I was watching Azul and, and his play the other day, he was saying that he has not encountered that. Um, but I did hear on Twitter some people did come to that conclusion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But a lot of different things, a, a lot of cool things going on, on this list, Sean. I've heard it compared to something like uh, like a Lysopod. You know, that, that first attack for Urshifu VMAX, you know, when it comes into the active.
1: Yeah. Um, when it comes from the
0: bench to the active, doing um, 120 more damage. So Gale Thrust for one fighting energy doing 150 damage. That's a good chunk of damage. You know that two shots, almost everything in the format, non-VMAX-wise before you get into other things. Maybe you want to put like a Vitality Band in here or whatever. You know the Martial Arts Dojo as well to add modifiers. And I've talked about before how like We've ha- we have so much like switching effects in the format, Sean. We have Escape Rope now, a new card that is very good in the format. We've got the regular old switches. Air Balloons. Air Balloons are a big thing in Rapid Strike decks right now, and I think they're going to stay. Um, and then you have something like Bird Keeper, which hasn't really been used, but it is an option um,
1: to be able deck. to switch
0: and constantly get these short, valuable, um, easy attacks off.
1: I want to look at another rapid strike deck um, because I think there was some discussion. Let's look at uh, let's look at the Undaunted Hounds list um, about using a lot of Cheryl's. Now, ah, here it is. So this this is I think so. The- so
0: Undaunted Hounds list is like Zoropod, Sean, Sh- Zoropod. You know Zorark. With the with the uh, trade ability, you know, discard draw two, very very good. Undaunted hound for anyone who is still listening on like Spotify and stuff. This is a rapid strike Cincino version, the Cincino that came in Sword and Shield with make do, basically trade, um, allowing you to discard draw two. This was almost the same concept, and this utilized Cheryl, um, allowing because you have those like those small energy costs you know you're you're allowing yourself to maybe put in a cheryl but not really uh getting any getting any
1: uh getting any negative effects
0: yes essentially really all it is is you have to just go find another energy It's really what it is and we have a very good draw support format especially with this deck you know you get like three uh cincinos that's six cards that you can see just from that alone. You're playing a couple of research in there. You've got Marnie's, you've got a Dedene in this list. So, a lot of ways to be able to find exactly what you need. And especially with the karate belt, you know, you go down early. Now that Gale Thrust is free, you don't even have to have an energy on it, Sean.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I like this. It's pretty I cool. Like, so, this was like what I was looking to see because I, I heard discussion about, um, And maybe we talked about this on the Max Floatycast podcast about, like, maybe there's a version of Rapid Strike that doesn't care as much about the second attack. And it's all about, like, you know, just chaining 150s, maybe a couple of damage modifiers, and Cheryl. And that's exactly what this is. And I think this combination with Chinchino, it offsets the use of Cheryl because, you know, if you're using Cheryl, you're not drawing cards. So at least this way, you're like getting into cards. You don't have to say, oh, well, I'm using my supporter to heal, but then I'm I'm getting no progress into my deck. Um,
0: I and- would be interested, especially when you talk about Urshifu's second attack, Urshifu Vianic's second attack of putting 120 everywhere. Mm-hmm. I would honestly be interested to see like a Zigzagoon and a Mimikyu from Cosmic Eclipse in this deck. The Mimikyu from Cosmic Eclipse, for those of you who don't remember or don't know, it has an ability to all GX Pokemon um, don't have abilities. So especially because Mew is becoming more relevant now, um, because of the fear and introduction of Rapid Strike, you talk about different things like um, Mewtwo and things like that. You know, Mewtwo and Mew GX. You know, yeah. you're afraid of getting hit for weakness. You're going to be able to turn that. Ability <laughs> often now unless they Malolana or Cheryl or they could use the know. GX.
1: They could. There's always the GX to heal it.
0: Yeah, there's always the GX, but still, it's going to be a lot harder for them yeah. to actually do stuff to you if you can get them to commit to a Mewtwo and Mew GX at any point in time. Because especially with the Jirachi GX, you really don't want them to snipe that, you know, because they can still play something like the Naganadel as of right now to be able to hit that 170 which I believe knocks out the Jirachi. I think it's like 160 HP.
1: Um, but yeah, like, yeah, Jirachi's being 160. And if you get some Zigzagoon pings, I think you're right, though, about the Mew, because like the Mew may turn off the actual 120 to the bench, but at least that will turn off the Mewtwo's. Um, there is something interesting, though, because. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's it's it is interesting. I like this list a lot. This if I were to build Rapid Strike, I think I would actually start here with Undaunted Hounds list, so...
0: I think I would, too. I think it's a pretty interesting list and has a lot of value to it. But, Sean, there's one card that people made noise about, but I actually think it did better than what people originally gave it for, and that is Victini VMAX. That's right. Victini VMAX getting second in the event. Um, Several people played it. It was almost like a Firebox type deck a lot of people played it as but included victini v max you know, a lot of them kind of like a two two line of victini VMAX and having things like the cramorant the volcanians the heat the reshazard um, again allowing that toolbox deck but i think when i was watching celios network play in the uh sunday open which he did really really well with he went into phase two, and I believe he was like one win off of top cut or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Celios did a very good job, and I think he put it very well. This deck with Victini VMAX doesn't need to hit Welder every single turn. We talk about with Fire Decks a lot of how the main problem with Fire Decks is just not finding Welder. You know, you don't have something like a Tapu Lele in this format to be able to find you know, your supporters that you want and so fire decks struggle when they just can't find welder. And so Victini VMAX, because of its two energy cost, you don't need to, you just need to find energy. And we have a lot of ways to find energy with the, you know, just the aggressive draw in the format. You've got something like giant hearts in the deck. You have Volcanians to be able to power up mm-hmm. all that. You've got fire crystals. You know, you had to discard early. You can get some back again. Incredible draw with the Dene's, Crobat's, um, things like that in the format. You know, you've got Jirachi. Jirachi, especially with Escape Rope, I feel like Jirachi is a much better card now with Escape Ropes. Um, You do have to be careful of the, like, Bench Snipe um, thing with, like, with the Urshifu VMAX and stuff, but with Scoop Up Nets now and Escape Rope, I think that really does well for Jirachi. Um, yeah. So I think maybe start seeing a little bit more Jirachi, the one from Team Up with the Stellar Wish ability that we saw for so long until uh, a, a skateboard rotated um, from Ultra Prism. So
1: yeah, I, I, I really like
0: thing, Victini VMAX. I think it's a really, really cool deck, Sean.
1: I think that this was probably the biggest surprise of the first weekend was how well Victini VMAX did. Because I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, this is, I mean... We even said it. Victini Vmax, it's cool. 2 energy, 220 damage to a V. Like that's just good. And you think about like the 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 problem you run into though is like, oh well, 310 may feel a little squishy That's crazy as And that sounds.
0: you talk about and you talk about the the secondary effect you if you could call it of that attack on Victini Vmax. It does extra damage to get to that 220 if your opponent's Pokemon is a V. Mm-hmm. So we've got things like Pikaron. We've got things like uh, mew to mew we've got um all of adp we've got all these non-gx pokemon so a lot especially myself i was sitting here thinking you know maybe victini Vmax is not going to be as good um because you can't you can't force your opponent a lot of times yeah. unless you boss to actually do that but especially with this list um, that we're looking at here on YouTube that is the Firebox-esque list. I feel like this is, at this point, the best way to build Victini VMAX is with the Firebox-type of list. And Celios, I believe, played the box-type list with a Mew and Mewtwo, which I think is really, really good for the amount of Urshifus that were around. You know, because you have that Heatran, because you have that Reshiram Charizard, you can copy those attacks, and then you can hit for a weakness to ultimately take KO's, um, especially surprise KOs. You know, you can honestly put down a Mew and Mew, discard the Heatran, welder onto that Mew and Mew too, and you can go and then you can go from there and Hot Burn GX, or you could flare strike the Rush Ram Charizard. Well, you can't flare strike, but you could double blaze. Yeah. Um, for just absurd amounts of damaging KO or Shifu V Max on weakness, because they're probably, I mean, in an open list format, they'll probably play Jirachi GX because they know that you have that option. But it, let's say if we were in like an IRL event or whatever, there's not open deckless, You know, you might not know that your opponent is playing that immune Mew Mewtwo well, GX.
1: And to your point, right? Like, if it's a one of, you know, it, it's it's definitely one of those. Like, it could go overlooked. Or even if it's a one of in an open deckless format, having that one of threat to say, okay, I, I want you to put of uh, that, you know, uh, two prizer one sixty this. That which is basically I want you to put your Cramorant target, my Cramorant target, right there on the bench. Just sit it down, waste a bench spot. Just because you're afraid of Mewtwo and Mew.
0: But here's another thing. You gotta waste another bench spot because Mew is becoming more prevalent in the format. Yep. So there's another spot. So you talk about against like a rapid strike deck, you know, that's two spots that let's say the Cincino version, you probably want to have. Two Urshifu VMAXs, right? Yeah. One in the active, one on the bench, so then you can constantly Gale Thrust. You want to have at least one Cincino because you only play two Research, two or three Research. So your draw support, no, you you, you can only have one if you got to put the Mew and the Jirachi do not allow you to get bopped. So I really think this is a really, really cool list, Sean.
1: Yeah, and the only thing I would also consider, and maybe it's just not good enough, but... It seems like this deck may struggle with, um, you know, up against Centiskorch, which also did very well this weekend, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But ultimately, the the winning list was Centiskorch, which beat a Victini VMAX. Um, and, it, it, you know, if if Centiscorch becomes a deck that it, it struggles against, which it may not, but maybe one of the memory capsules so that you can use the original Victini's second attack, which is 20 times the energy on the opponent's active, that may be so niche that it's not doesn't matter. But just a consideration. I think Mewtwo and Mew GX or Memory Capsule is something I would start playing around with.
0: I really think Memory Capsule is also a really good card. I know like tools are really tough right now because like, uh, one of the big things that I say about Tool Scrapper, mm-hmm. it's always when you got it at the very beginning of the game, <laughs> Sean, and you got to discard it because you don't want to attach it to the Crobat you started or the Dedenne or the <laughs> Zigzagoon, right? So yeah. like it, it's very hard because you can't always control when you're going to get it because we don't have something like Adventure Bag in the format. But I, I agree. I think Memory Capsule with Victini VMAX is pretty good because I think Senescorch is really good. But one more thing that I want to mention before we wrap up, because we basically talked about everything. Corviknight VMAX got a lot of hype, didn't actually do so well. Yeah, let's look at the... uh, Didn't actually do so well. I think it had, had like, 15 players. Uh, Didn't do very well. Only, like, a 46% win percentage. The best one being 9-4, which isn't terrible. 9-4. But I heard Bronzong Corviknight was, like, the bee's knees.
1: Now, let's see. Did they play... The Bronzong? No, they did not. They did not play the Fire Weak Bronzong. There's your problem. I'm just gonna say it. That's your problem. Clearly, Victini, Vmax, and Scizor are the things that are gonna beat you. Play the Bronzong that stops Fire.
0: Just the problem it. with that, the problem with that, Sean, is that you know we look at these Fire Box decks. They have Cram. Got the Rush Ram Charizard that allows you to break through all of the abilities and stuff. You've got possibly a to UGx. Mew you've got Cramorant. So. It's not a perfect strategy, but it could win you a lot of games. I, I see what you're saying. It could yeah. it could do you very
1: well, because <laughs> you're already playing the Mew, so the Cram is not gonna snipe your bench if you play that right. So, I, I do think that like forcing your opponent to use the uh, Reshiram and Charizard's the non-fire jets, attackers, oh yeah, or the non-fire attackers, like force them into those and, and committing energy to things that are not optimal in this matchup, and be like, okay, cool. If you want to take out this 1-1 one, one prizer, that's what you got to do.
0: If you throw off your opponent's strategy, they're more likely to make mistakes, especially in the beginning era of a new format. But Sean, yep. there's a lot more battle styles to play. Really excited. I, I, If I were to recommend one thing, if you're like me and you can't get a lot of battle styles, play Dragapult. Yes, you're going to cheese a lot of the Urshifus because of weakness, but I think Dragapult overall is not actually that bad of a deck. Um, I just think we got to play around with it a little more, and like it's it's cheap.
1: I would also right? I would also reco because again I played um Eric from Rare Candy I I, did, I was winning in one of his videos, and I played Necrozma V. I don't think Necrozma V is like the deck you should play, but Gengar and Mimikyu is filthy against Urshifu. Rapid Strike, Single Strike don't matter. So if you're gonna play Dragapult, to your point, Jake, throw in one Gengar Mimikyu GX. It, Try it out.
0: Just try it out. Have some fun. It's also just a fun deck overall, putting the damage counters everywhere and things like that. But, Sean, that is all for us today. Thank you so much for watching. If you're on YouTube, again, if you're listening on like Spotify, Google, whatever, I am putting these videos on my YouTube. It'll probably go up on either Tuesday nights or Wednesday mornings. It just depends, like, you know, how my schedule is looking like. But um, it's not always going to be this bright. (laughs) <laughs> but it's always, it's always sunny when I'm with Sean. Oh, I'm trying to, oh, sweet. it's always sunny in Philadelphia or whatever is going <laughs> to copyright us or whatever. Oh boy. Sean, but Sean, have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Remember, it's going up on YouTube, atrocious gameplay. You can find it over there. I'm going to make a playlist of the Metapod episodes. So then you'll be able to watch and uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. Love you all. Keep playing. Keep Keep playing. playing.